welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Halftime Mike Podcast. You know every week I want to dive in, give you a halftime break to take you into a topic on social media, Facebook marketing, leadership, and life so that you can gain something actionable to take away and implement right away. It's all about keeping it practical, doable, leading edge right here so you can grow and move forward online and in life. All right, so as you know, I've been doing a inspirational moment here the last few weeks, and I want to start incorporating that more. I think that one of the things I have found helpful in my life, and i got to give um, credit to Andy Zitzman, one of my guests on a previous podcast, the guys from um, uh, Game Time, and they talked about, Andy talked about the need to be inspired every day. And I took that seriously. I've been trying to look for inspirational moments. And, you know, what, what inspiration does is it moves you emotionally, moves you in the heart, you know. And uh, we can get uh, burdened down. We can get flat. We can be too heady. And we need to get back to, to be moved, to, to understand that, um, you know, life is real. Life is moving. We need to be inspired by that. So I've incorporated an inspirational moment into my podcast. And uh, this week on the video, it's going to be by Nick Vujicic, okay? And uh, Nick is the guy uh, born in Australia with no arms, no legs, and has become a popular uh, motivational speaker. Basically, he talks about coming out of hopelessness. And I'm going to show you the clip where uh, he joined Oprah Winfrey and on the uh, her show where she introduced him and they talked about his life. But, uh, you know, if you're out there, and you have uh, been going through some difficult times. Um, you know, this is one to watch because uh, he's talking about uh, winning the, you know, the hand that you're dealt and uh, how he initially for many years didn't do that and to the point of trying to, you know, commit suicide and give up, hopeless. Um, but, uh, you know, finding uh, hope, finding inspiration, his parents continue to pour into him and ultimately finding faith um, faith in Christ and, and faith to move forward. And now he's a motivational speaker, teaching others to, to find hope and uh, speaking out against bullying, the kind of bullying he experienced. Um, so th this is a powerful story of overcoming. And um, if you're like me, I know you are, you go through trials, you go through difficulties, you go through downtimes, and uh, we need to be overcomers. We need to, to learn to see it as temporary. Uh, this is in my mind, is helpful in doing that because uh, th this is the kind of piece watching Nick, listening to Nick. So you got to come on over. I don't have, I'm not going to play any clip for you here, but you got to come on over for this. So with that, uh, that's my inspirational moment. You got to come over to the halftimemike.com and uh, find this episode to check that out. But we're going to move into today's episode where I have a special guest from Australia. And then we're going to talk about uh, social media loyalty programs. So looking forward to that. So let's dive in to the full podcast interview episode with Antonio Calero. Hey, hey, it's time to dig into this week's Halftime Mike 
podcast episode, and I'm thrilled to be going down under to Melbourne, Australia, for this interview to connect with uh, my friend Antonio Calero. Welcome, Antonio. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast, Mike. Yeah. Really nice to be here. Hey, no, I'm just uh, thrilled to have you and uh, give my audience a little bit of background. We had the opportunity to meet at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. And, uh, you know, a little bit of background, and, and you can correct me, but I'll give a little bit of background. So currently in um, Melbourne, Australia, um, but uh, by birth a Spaniard. So you, you from Spain, started uh, and owned two businesses there. That was uh, over 15 years of business experience there. B2B was one of them. B2C, uh, focusing on digital marketing services was the other. And, of course, uh, being in Spain, you spent a lot of time in European countries and um, professional experience there as well, Italy, France, Netherlands, UK. Um, professional experience both on the agency side, the client side. And uh, one thing to note around our topic today of loyalty programs, I know that you, with the agency, you were involved with loyalty programs as well. And uh, now in Australia, working as a social media consultant, um, three years now and, and kind of diving into it full time you know for yourself here in 2015 so your focus uh, as well, i understand it let's say behavior social media why don't you dive into that for me okay yeah that's a very good introduction mike thank you very much right. that is correct i have a lot of uh, international experience and that's something that got my attention since uh, i was really young when I created my first businesses uh, back then, that was, uh, I'm talking about the year 1999. There's been a lot of time since then. Yeah. And uh, technology has evolved a lot. And as technology was evolving, I was also moving through from one country to a different country. And I realized there were like a few things that uh, were common among all users from different countries. That's basic human behaviors. However, many other things were totally different from Spain to Italy, from Italy to France. Even sometimes inside the same country, uh, some of those behaviors were totally different. Yeah. And I, that's something that really got my attention. I, I felt passionate about that, about trying to understand the human psychology of why some things could work for one specific audience mm -hmm. and for a different audience that seems to be exactly the same. It's only that it's the same demographic, we could say, but in a different location or just with a minor change. And uh, that strategy sometimes doesn't change. So that's when I how I got involved into user behavior or behavioral uh, marketing. And uh, in recent times, uh, as social media arrived, I tried to apply all that knowledge into social media as well. And of course, loyalty programs is one small part of that behavioral marketing. Okay, all right. Now, I love that stuff. Uh just because I mean I'm I love to travel as well. I love to get to different countries and and I actually have a presentation uh, where I talk about social media and I introduce it by talking about uh, things in in other countries. You know, so for, you know for instance being in the UK and driving on the uh, you know the left side of the road, not the incorrect, not the wrong, you know, but the different side, the the, the ways that things are different. So I'm I'm connecting with you in this and and uh, love to dig deeper into these pieces. Yeah, that's something very, it could be from those obvious things, but could be things that are more subtle and you actually need to live in one country or spend a lot of time in one country. 
And sometimes even inside the same country, from one uh, demographic group to a different demographic group, things change. I have a lot of experience working in global or international companies. Yep. And one common mistake of these companies is sometimes uh, the head office uh, implements some strategy and they think that that strategy will work everywhere. Yeah. And they try to roll out that strategy everywhere else in the world. And that never works. And when I moved to Australia, I was coming from Italy. Uh, I was working in an Italian company. And the Italian culture and the Australian culture are totally different. Yes. Italy is a very hierarchical society where you have the top manager, then the middle manager, then the junior manager. Then Everyone has a different role. Mm-hmm. And Australia is a very kind of egalitarian society. Uh, their levels are not so so defined. So whenever the head office was trying to implement some rules, some policy, some uh, project, Following that kind of Italian culture in in Australia here, it, it was always crushed. It, it, it was failure all the time. And that was actually one of the reasons why I moved to Australia because uh, I, I was able to connect these two misaligned uh, strategies and mm-hmm. it, it worked quite well. Excellent. It takes it takes time. You need to get involved with the local uh, audience and understand what works in one side, what works in the other side, find a uh, common points uh, and that's actually something that really, it's like a kind of a Sherlock Holmes a kind of activity, you know? Yeah. You need to investigate until you find what works in each specific audience. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's what you do with behavioral social media, right? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. All right. Now I'm going to have your links in here at the end so people can find you, um, AntonioCalero.com, and we'll, we'll uh, list all those pieces in the, uh, the blog post that will go along with this. But uh, let's dive into you know, our topic today, and that is uh, social media loyalty program. So it's kind of bringing about some of your experience in, in, in both of these worlds and uh, diving into them. So first off, social media loyalty programs, um, I probably have to have you talk about them from the uh, high view, 30,000 foot view in an overarching way. Uh, describe what they are. Well, loyalty programs in general, doesn't matter if, it, if it's social media or not. They are about uh, generating repetitive behavior among users with one specific goal. Uh, You can assume that the repetition of those behaviors in users will benefit both the end user and your company. In your company, uh, for instance, uh, this is just an example, but if you are a, a giving points, a frequent flyer program, for instance. Flying companies give points to fly with them rather than with a competitor. And by users, by repeating those behaviors, these companies are selling more more flights, selling more tickets. At the same time, the end user is collecting points, is getting more points. So yep. it's a program that benefits both, both sides. Right. Okay, good. Both win, both win, and then um, obviously the the value for businesses is uh, some some retention and uh, you know basically what the term says loyalty from from users from customers. Exactly, the idea is it is said that uh, it's more difficult to find a new customer than to maintain an existing one. So the idea is to keep happy those existing customers because one happy customer will be happy with you, but he or she will tell uh, other people as well. It will be like uh, the best advocate you, you could have. So mm, you could have good customer service, you could have good products, but 
sometimes, uh, depending on the company, depending on your industry, some of these products you may not purchase on a regular basis, as long maybe a car, for example. So you buy a car once every few years. However, you could have a loyalty program for um, servicing the car at a particular dealership or buying officials per parts or things that will keep the, that user coming back for that particular business. And that's that's the, the main general overview idea of loyalty programs in general. Yep, yep, okay. And, and I absolutely agree. I mean, that's a, a common statement that we hear, but it's absolutely true that it's so much easier to, you know, work with existing customers and to continue to offer them uh, future products and services as opposed to acquiring a new customer. Just the cost of acquiring that new customer can be, you know, much more extensive. And so doing this uh, makes sense and it's evolved. You gave, you know, those are the the, the great common examples, the, the airlines and um, even like a service one, I think. So those make sense. And now we're kind of diving into what it can mean in, in social media and what loyalty programs can be there. Well, if you allow me to uh, ex- expand a little bit about this uh, theme, it's something that really got my attention when I got involved in loyalty programs. Okay. And is that they are no logic at all. They are quite illogic. Uh, if you think, for instance, uh, you are flying with uh, American Airlines, for instance, and you have their frequent flyer program, and you may buy a ticket with them, even if that ticket is more expensive than flying with our company, only because that ticket will give you extra points in your loyalty program or yep. your frequent flyer program. But the amount of money you're getting or the value, the money value of those extra points you're getting is always, always much smaller than the money you are paying for that extra ticket, you know? So at the end of the day, people are willing to pay or to spend more money in the company for something that it's not really, if you compare money with money, it's not really worth it, the value. But it's not about the money value. It's about the emotional value that has for them. And that's something, coming back to your question, that's where social media becomes something something critical. Because social media is something, it's a channel that we all know that requires a lot of engagement and conversational approach. If you are too corporate in social media, you are over-promoting yourself in social media, eventually you may fail. You need to have this this kind of friendly and conversational approach. Or in other words, you need to be considering emotions or the emotional value of a, of the industry. And that's where loyalty programs are a perfect fit on social media because whenever users go to social media, they are in that kind of emotional or ready in mindset. You know, they're like not, when they go shopping, they go more alert, more in social media, they are more relaxed. And that's, that's a perfect mindset to, to implement a loyalty program on social media. Okay, okay. No, I'm tying that together then. So, yeah, social media has the the emotional, the social kind of connection to it. Exactly. And so, so it's a logical fit for loyalty programs which, where loyalty has that emotional tie to it. Exactly. I wouldn't okay. say it's a, the natural fit. However, it's easier because users on social media are more prepared are in that mindset yeah okay okay all right so why don't we maybe try to dive into something uh that's an example in social media and uh you know just to give our audience here a little bit of a glimpse of something specific they can get their head around then well the most known probably by everyone would be 
Foursquare. Foursquare was a um, or is still a social media platform. Okay. I'm not sure how is it going at the moment in the US, but here in Australia it was very popular a few years ago, and now it's almost disappearing. Nobody knows any more else about Foursquare, but it was very popular. And Foursquare used to reward you uh, with points and badges and, and cards whenever you go to uh, the same place over and over and do check-ins. And so that that's a kind of a social media-based uh, network. Mm-hmm. Mm, moving to something else, uh, I'd like to mention uh, one very excellent example I, I've read recently, and that was John Loomer. John Loomer is an excellent marketer. He's also a good friend of mine, and uh, he created this experiment in which every week or every few days, he was showing an ad on Facebook, and users clicking on that ad were taken to a landing page on his website. That landing page was giving them some particular content, some something like the kind of content that he always delivers. Mm-hmm. However, in order to see the second ad, you need to go to the first landing page. So basically, only users going to or clicking on one ad and seeing that particular landing page were seeing the the second ad and so on. So at the end of the day, he did like eight or nine different of these ads, but that's basically a loyalty program as well, because. Users need to keep going for more and more. Basically, you are generating that repetitive behavior. Users are coming back to your website to get more of that content. And at the end, only those users who completed the whole uh, trip, the whole process, were given uh, the final the final reward, which in that case, I think, was a very interesting webinar. Yep. Okay. Now, that was a, that was a great example. And uh, he was using basically Facebook retargeting uh, specifically to each landing page. So if you, you – he started out with um, people – a general ad inviting them to come. And then if they went to that landing page, then he had a Facebook uh, retargeting pixel basically on that page so that only those people who were on that landing page would see ad number two. And then if they clicked on ad number two, they saw the landing page in that content and then, you know, so on and so on. So, so he was, uh, kind of walking them through and I, I participated in that. So I got to get a feel. I, I was just inquisitive, wanted to see how, what he was doing with that. And he was very personal about it. Hey, you stuck with me this long. You know, I mean, the, the, the content was, was good, but he was personal about it as well. And, you know, we were motivated to, to, to carry on because we didn't know where it was going to end. And so you once you were in three, four, you wanted to stay with it to see how far it was going to go and what was going to happen. Exactly. And I was part of the experiment as well. Uh, we must say that the experiment was uh, voluntary. I mean, he yeah. basically created the first ad and he said very clearly, if you're not interested in this, do not click on this ad. Yep. And uh, the funny thing is that there was people that after three, four different ads, they were like uh, calling him or sending him messages saying, I'm not seeing ad number five. Have you released it? So basically people were actively looking for that particular content. Mm-hmm. And that's basically a loyalty program. He was generating that repetitive behavior. Yep. Okay. Repetitive behavior. He conditioned them to want to see exactly. the next one. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And everyone was a winner. People were getting more and more information. He was getting the traffic he needed, and everyone was happy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, um, in our kind of uh, prep time for the the show here, you gave me another example from Twitter. Do you want to go into that one? I like that one as well. Well, 
some months ago, I had a, a client and he didn't have money or he didn't want to spend much money on any platforms or any ad hoc creation, uh, created a loyalty program. So basically, I came up with a kind of a um, very funny idea and we created one URL. We created one landing page and the URL for that landing page was www.mydomain.com forward last and then one change of a random letter and number something totally unpredictable something that nobody could guess what would be the code i think it was between 20 or 30 i can remember but there were a lot of random letters and numbers okay so for the next few weeks on twitter and as well as on facebook was on both platforms whenever they were posting something they put one of those single digits. So let's say if uh, the code was, imagine one, two, three, ABC. So day one, he was posting uh, the number one, and the second day they was posting number two, and the third day they were number three, and so on. So basically users were collecting all these little pieces. They were making a puzzle of a URL. And then once the URL was completed, they were able to get into that landing page. You need to have the whole URL in order to see the landing page. If one digit was missing, the landing page will generate a 404 error. Yep. So basically only those who have been able to follow all those all those tweets or all those uh, Facebook posts were able to complete the URL. And therefore, they were able to get into the landing page. And in that landing page, it was very basic. It was just simply one form where users could input their contact details and claim their reward. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, excellent, that excellent. Was an alternative method, yep. very handmade, very <laughs> but it, it still works. So that's something important to tell people. Don't don't overcomplicate yourself. Sometimes looking for an expensive platform or something very complex. Sometimes just thinking out of the box with a like John Loomer did, for instance, or this other example I have just said, it could work. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's uh, that's key, and that's kind of what I want to move into now is like keys and tips for success. You gave us some great examples there, and now you've said don't overcomplicate it. Uh, what what other type of uh, tips, ideas do you want to share with our audience, things to keep in mind when they want to think about you know trying to build this kind of a loyalty program with social media? Well, the first thing is uh, consider the, the price, the reward must be something achievable, something worth it for your audience. But must be something um, small. I mean, not small in the sense. Let, let me let me start again. <laughs> uh, sometimes people create a loyalty program in which users need to do like two or three actions, and they could get into like a massive big prize. That's not really worth it, the effort, because the good thing of loyalty programs is generate an ongoing repetitive behavior. So it's much better to generate a 10 or 20 actions that each of these little actions uh, will benefit your company, but will also benefit a user, rather than rewarding everyone who completes uh, two actions, because that's not, not a loyalty program. That becomes a competition or a sweepstake, you know? Yep. So the important thing is uh, that, uh, that price or that I don't like to call it price. I prefer to call it incentive. So that incentive, make it something that it will take some time to, to get there. It, it's not something that they could achieve in, in a matter of two days. However, if it's something very difficult to reach, very unachievable, uh, people will disengage as well. So you need to consider based on the 
um, value you are giving away, if it's worth to create like a five, 10 steps before that or 20 steps or, or it's something maybe ongoing. Maybe, maybe they are just collecting points like with the frequent flyer programs and whenever they have enough amount of points, they can redeem that with uh, some of your products. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Another very important thing I would say is stay away from money. Uh, many companies, they like to give away like um, cash or a voucher card that basically they equal card. And there's a lot of research that has proved that uh, cash is not a motivator. Cash, is, it's actually a compensator. And it's not memorable. People don't remember cash. People, if you ask people, people say that they prefer to receive money than to re receive uh, some goods or some prices. However, if you give them some money and two months later you ask them uh, how much money you give them, they don't remember. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of research. There's one guy called uh, Dave uh, Peer, like P-E-E-R. And uh, yeah, he basically did some research and he proved that 80% of people interviewed preferred uh, to receive money. However, two months later, you ask all these 80% of people and most of them, some of them even, they didn't remember to have received any money at all. Okay. So it's much better to receive, to uh, create as an incentive to give something that is totally related with your company, yeah. as it should be on social media, and something that has an emotional value. Even if people know the value of an iPad or the value of a pair of runners or whatever, but it's much better to give away mm, an object or even points, and people can redeem these points, than to say, okay, if you do these actions, I will give you that much money. Yep. Yeah, I mean that that totally makes sense to me. I mean we've we come at that with our tabsite software, you know, where it is the short term, it's the sweepstakes type of thing, and we always steer people away because it was it was so big for a while. Everybody wanted to give away an iPad, and I said, you know, that's not doing you any good when your business has nothing to do with iPads. You know, I mean, so you you want to tie it um, ultimately to something that is uh, I like that what you said memorable and something that's connected to your business. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you could give iPads if you are Apple. Otherwise, stay away from iPads. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I like that. I've got to keep it simple. And the, the more actions, got to, got to have multiple actions um, to, to build loyalty. Again, obviously not too many to make it too difficult to complete. People will bail out. I got that. And uh, you want to be clear on tying it to a an incentive. Of staying away from cash, iPad, things like that, but but incentive that is memorable and that, that connects with your business. Is there anything else you want to add for key tips for success? Um, no, basically, I would say uh, don't overcomplicate things. Uh, like not for users, but also for for yourself. Sometimes people try to create so many rules that it becomes complex for for users, but it also becomes uh, difficult to to manage a program. Yep. Like uh, the, the, the frequent flyer companies, uh, sorry, frequent flyer programs, it's a typical example. You could usually have like two different tiers or two different sub programs. One is for every ticket you fly, you collect uh, points. But then, depending on the amount of points you collect, you can become a gold, a platinum, a silver, a diamond, and that gives you extra benefits. I've seen some of these programs uh, that they have like a kind of a five or six different sub programs and that's really difficult to manage and it's it's really disengaging. Okay. So keep it keep it simple because users uh, will be will be easier for them to understand what's the thing they need to do to get those points or to get that incentive. But it will be also 
easier for, for, for whoever is managing the program to control the whole structure. Yeah, okay. All right, now I think that um, it is sometimes simple for people to say, okay, loyalty programs, yeah, that makes sense, uh, but I'm not you know, necessarily B2C. They see it's easy for maybe restaurants, for maybe flower shops, women's boutique clothing stores, Now, and they, they think of the B2C realm there. But now, again, though, John was an example of uh, a service, so he was doing a – He's he's a service business, not necessarily a retail type thing, and 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 that was a building loyalty there. So that's a, a service side example. Um, it, do you do you see this in the in the B two B realm as well with social media? It's true that traditionally people perceive these programs as a something B two C because in fact uh, usually they are called a customer loyalty programs or yeah. consumer loyalty programs, but. You could also apply the same principle to B2B. And in fact, I've seen many of these cases. Like you said, John is only one, but I've seen sometimes companies giving away books or access to seminars or access to research information, research data, only to users who, for example, have been opening their newsletters in a regular basis or they've been visiting some particular website. Or So it's... Like, like we said before, don't be too strict, don't be too rigid, rigid on rules. And uh, if you open your mind and you are flexible, you could apply these programs to into into anything. Yep. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So this was uh, this was tremendous here. I, I love kind of taking a look at uh, loyalty programs. And when when I think you know loyalty program, I, I kind of had an initial impression of something uh, you know large. And is it system? Is it software? But uh, I mean, I really liked your your example. With the client that didn't have a lot to spend, but you kind of created that URL uh, loyalty program where you were tweeting out, and they and they would kind of collect those to build the URL. I mean, that's that's simple, that's not complex, and yet it had repeated action, got people excited, got people in a pattern of looking for that, and uh, so so that's what it was about. I think that's very helpful for folks to hear today and what they can do with social media. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, there are like many many more options it's like like i said your imagination sometimes it's the limit yeah um when it comes to facebook for instance now since facebook allowed the timeline promotion yeah you could also reward people uh, based on engagement so uh, you could say anyone who makes a comment or likes on all my posts uh, will collect points and whenever you have like a hundred or a thousand points you could redeem those points for for something what that will do for you in the long term is it will increase your engagement and therefore it will increase your your reach so people because people will actively go for for those posts will look for the content will actively make comments or likes and uh, yeah like we said the, the the final goal is everyone should be winning something yep okay excellent antonio i want to thank you for being with me today and talking about uh, loyalty programs particularly the social media open uh, my eyes to some things here and it's just good to connect with you thank you for thank you for taking the time out of uh, your early morning to connect with me yeah thank you very much for having me in the show mike it's really been my pleasure all right all right now folks uh, again i'm going to have the links in here for antoniocolero.com uh, where you'll be able to connect with him he's got a lot of blog content on his site i mean you'll also be able to to see him around he's done blog posts for social media examiner for uh top dog uh 
social media for Razor Social and and others. So you know the guy's spreading out. He's uh, he's educating. He's teaching. And if you go over to his site, you'll learn more about him and the, this approach to behavior social media. And he loves to discuss what are the possibilities, right, Antonio? So if somebody comes and wants to connect, you'd be glad to talk about uh, something for their company. Exactly. I'm really passionate about this. And when I'm passionate about something, I could be talking for hours and hours, way too much. So <laughs> Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So thank you again, Antonio. It was uh, so good to connect here. It was great to connect in San Diego as well. And, uh, you know, we'll stay in touch as we go forward. Okay, man? Thank you, Mike. I hope to see you next year in San Diego as well. And in the meantime, we'll keep in touch. All right. Take care. That's it today, folks, from the Halftime Mike podcast. You'll know you'll be able to get all the details in the show notes. So until next time, I am Mike Gingrich. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.